Ignite Impact Podcast. I am Tracy Purdy, and I believe that people are placed into our lives at every step in our life journey to be an integral part of our story. Here on the podcast, we will talk with individuals who have influenced me, helped me grow, nurtured me, inspired me, transformed my thinking, and enriched my life, and will do the same for you. We will be covering a variety of subjects, so stay tuned to be inspired and encouraged. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rena. I'm so excited for this. I'm excited too. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So you moved into the neighborhood right around the corner about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. right? From mm-hmm. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And we met thanks to our neighborhood social chair, Jeff, mm-hmm. <laughs> who kept having gatherings until we finally got to meet each other and watched the kids swim while we were visiting. Every time we get together, I learn something new about you, which is one of my favorite things about you. So today, I am excited to dive into where you got your passions for food and becoming an entrepreneur. So okay, tell me a little bit about where you're from and your family growing up and when you developed an interest in cooking. Yes, I would love to do that. So I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a small town, just 10 minutes or so, right right outside of the city. And my grandparents were Italian immigrants. And I grew up in a very Italian household where food and cooking was just a huge part of my life. My father was a truck driver. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. There was three of us, three kids, very humble beginnings. You know, the five of us lived in a one-bedroom apartment. There was a queen-size bed and three cribs and one bedroom. And I lived in that apartment until I was about six years old. So it was tough. My dad was on the road all the time. My mom was home alone with three kids. She had me and my twin brother. And four months after she had me and my brother, she got pregnant with my sister. So she, yes, (laughs) she had three kids in 13 months and three little babies in diapers. My dad just was on the road and she was home and, and it was tough, but there was a lot of love. And so you grew up with your twin brother and a younger sister? Yes. Was your mom, was she like a cook? Did, is that where you really started to develop like a love of cooking? So my dad was an amazing cook mm, and okay. he was raised by his grandparents mm-hmm. and his grandmother taught him everything that she knew about Italian cooking. And mm. she was an amazing cook. My dad loved to cook. He was the cook in our family. My mom was also a very good cook. And they taught each other a lot about cooking. So my mom taught my dad a lot of like American style dishes. And my dad taught my mom a lot about Italian cooking. When my dad wasn't on the road, he was in the kitchen. I will forever remember my dad like hovered over a stove because he lived in the kitchen. He was was either sleeping or he was cooking or eating. I just loved being in the kitchen with my dad. I can remember just at a very young age, just being plopped on the countertop, watching him cook. And he would just give me any and every job that he could think of. So I grew up 
grating cheese, picking parsley, peeling garlic, peeling onions. I loved it. I loved having my hands in the ingredients. I loved playing with food. I loved eating my dad's delicious food. I just loved being in the kitchen with my dad's. My love for food and cooking began at a very young age. You know, that was pretty much my childhood. Um, And that's not what you went to school for initially, right? College? Right. No. I wanted to be a pharmaceutical sales rep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my degree is, uh, I have a Bachelor of Science in Health Services Management. And, you know, that was what I thought was going to be my path that did not work out for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And I graduated college. I met my husband when I was 20 years old. He was in medical school and we fell in love just instantly. I mean, after our our very first date, I came home and I told my mom that I met the man that I was going to marry, that I met the father of my children. You just knew. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy how how some people just know and right. we were so lucky in that way y'all um, are a really great fit I will thank say. you thank you Dave's a pretty cool guy we, yes he's <laughs> he's super cool and we have so much fun so he graduated medical school and got a residency in Honolulu Hawaii he was in the army mm-hmm. so at Tripler Army Medical Center he did not think he was going to get that residency it's very competitive because what resident does not want to live in Hawaii <laughs> right. and so yeah. We found out we were moving to Hawaii. I was 24 years old. He was super excited. I was terrified. Sure. Um, my whole family, my my parents, my siblings, my 12 cousins, all my aunts and uncles all lived in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. No one had ever left. And so I was the first one to leave. It was exciting and scary and great. And I had graduated college and I was moving to Hawaii to start my new life. And that was in 2006. That was April of 2006. June 2006, two months after I moved to Hawaii, my brother passed away. Mm-hmm. And it was the hardest time of my life. My twin brother, it was a very hard year. And sure. I, that's when I really started obsessing over cooking. That's when really? I, yes. Oh, wow. I mean, it was like, I knew like two people mm-hmm. and it was. Do you feel like that you used cooking as kind of escape from your grief? One hundred percent. Really, to be 100%. able to process that. Wow. Yes, it really was an escape from my the reality, the the hell that I was that mm. I was living at that time. It was just being in the kitchen, just reconnected me with my childhood, sure. all those happy memories of us being together as a family, us sitting around a table as a family, you know, the memories of me and my dad in the kitchen. It was just that connection to happier times. And it was really like kitchen therapy. It really was very therapeutic for me. It brought me so much joy Mm -hmm. um, to just get busy in the kitchen and, and learn something new. And so I started really kind of obsessing over cookbooks and buying cookbooks and reading cookbooks like novels. Like, I mean, sometimes I wouldn't even cook from the cookbooks. I would just read them because I was just so fascinated with this kind of this escape from my own reality into someone else's reality sure. and just kind of seeing the world through someone else's eyes. So I became extremely inspired and passionate about cooking at that time. Do you have a favorite cookbook? When you think of like your favorite cookbook that you've ever, you've gone through so many, huh? Yes. You probably can't pick just one, right? Or I have, I have favorite chefs yes. and, and some of my favorite chefs have multiple cookbooks mm. and I just know that 
when I make that recipe and I follow those instructions, that the recipe is going to be amazing. Like there's just no question about it. Thomas Keller is, I think my favorite chef and he, he owns the French laundry in Napa Valley, California, and also per se in New York city. And he's the only American chef to have two, three star Michelin restaurants. And he has multiple cookbooks and he has master classes and he's just, I mean, just so amazing. And has taught me so, so much. That's so neat. So kind of going back a little bit to Dante, who's Mm. your twin brother. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about him and how maybe that loss changed your perspective on life? I know that you kind of dove into the, the cooking side of things, but did it, did it change how you do your day-to-day life? You know, that loss made me so strong. Which is interesting because I feel like a lot of people would say that they stayed down in the grief, but you let it change you to be a stronger person. Yes. You know, you can let something like that define the rest of your life. Mm, Yes. And I could step outside of myself. I could see that happening. And I was very motivated by what I did not want Mm, with that experience. I did not want that experience to define my life. I did not want that experience to take me down because I saw it happening and it, and it would have, if I would have let it. And so he died of a drug overdose. I mean, I could have become a voice for, for people who had family members that were struggling with, with drug addiction. And, you know, I just, Mm -hmm. I considered all these different paths, but instead I chose joy I I chose to focus on a part of my life that brought me so much joy and that I said, you know what, I'm not going to let this experience de- define the rest of my life. I want this part of my life to define who I am. Mm. You know, that also is when my personal development journey began. After Dante died, I started reading personal development books mm. uh, because, you know, there's a lot of mental health issues in my family. And and I could see that mental health becoming a huge issue for me. And so I said, you didn't take a hold of it, if I didn't take a hold of it. So Mm. I, you know, I'll never forget the first personal development book that I ever read. And that was Maximum Achievement by Brian Tracy. And that book completely changed my life. Oh, wow. And I need to put that one on my list. (laughs) I mean, I definitely think it's a book that everyone should read. Brian Tracy has written a ton of books. But I kind of dove head first into the, into the world of personal development. And since then I have read, I think I have almost a hundred books on my, uh, on iBooks that are all personal development. So it has, you know, that experience has kind of pushed me to learn more about myself, to just become a better person, just to do whatever I possibly could do to, to live uh, life to the fullest. And yes. Yeah. And be the best person that you can be. Yes, we Thanks. have we have so many tools now that our parents didn't have. That's we so have true. podcasts, we have books, we have these amazing thought leaders that are teaching anything that you would ever want to learn. Yeah, it really opened that door for me. Yeah, of, which I'm sure was very healing in a way. Very healing, yes. And also has enabled me to, to accomplish the things that I have done because I, you know, I would have never have 
face the fears that I have faced. Um, If it wasn't for all of that advice, all of that information that kind of shaped me into this new person. Right. That's so awesome. Changing gears just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I see that you have taken cooking classes all over the world, including Italy and France, Spain, South Korea, Japan, Thailand, and Vietnam. Where has been your favorite place for studying and eating food? Hmm. Like, that's so cool. All of those places. Wow. I just, I became extremely passionate about farm table cuisine. Going to culinary school in San Francisco, California. California has an amazing farm to table culture. And I'm sure every place was have, so different, huh? Every place was so different. And, you know, of course, I want to say the cooking classes I took in Italy were absolutely amazing because they were. It really took me back to my roots. And, and, and that, was, that was a great experience. But also, you know, Italian food is a lot of, a ton of pasta, you know. Right. A lot of food that I absolutely love, but is not exactly in alignment with, you know, my fitness goals and, you know, so trying to find a cuisine that was really in alignment with being healthy and Mm. California cuisine is this really amazing mix of French cuisine, Italian cuisine. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Because the whole farm to table movement came from France. Um, It came from a woman by the name of Alice Waters. She opened from California, studied abroad in France, and just fell in love with market cuisine, just the way that the menus in restaurants change Mm. with the seasons. Right. So she came back to California, and it was this brand new concept you know, in the eighties that said, Hey, let's focus on using seasonal ingredients, sourcing the best quality ingredients possible. And it's, it took off and people started experiencing this new cuisine and it was fresh and healthy and delicious Mm. and wood burning ovens, pizzas, amazing salads, pastas, you know, California cuisine just became this, you know, new thing. And, um, sounds like I need to go to California. (laughs) Yes. I, that, you know, um, eating in, eating in San Francisco, California, and also eating in France, I think are my two favorite places to eat. See, so for me, whenever I hear like French cuisine, it sounds very scary to me. Oh my gosh. Like things that I wouldn't typically... I mean, I guess it would be exciting too, but like just weird things. <laughs> I you know? I get it. Yes, I I get it because the French taught the world how to cook. Okay, right. so when you go to culinary school, you learn the the fundamentals of French cuisine, which is a lot of technique. Mm-hmm. But you go to Paris and you eat in a bistro, and you're eating very simple food that it's just like stripped very, back very, to the yes, very simple food to the basics. Yes. It's, it's an amazing experience to go to Paris, eat in cafes, eat in bistros, because mm-hmm. they're just, it's really simple food. The menus change with the seasons. The ingredients are super high quality and fresh. You're really experiencing food that's picked um, and harvested at the peak of freshness and ripeness. and Which it sounds so un-American. Yes, because we is... eat tomatoes in the wintertime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is so unnatural. But, Mm, you know, people say, I don't like tomatoes. And I'm like, well, have you ever had a really, really good tomato? 
you know, my, my, for our photographer was a perfect example of that. And in my cookbook, we have like these stuffed tomatoes and they have fresh herbs and almonds and cheese. And it's very, very simple. There's only like less than five ingredients. And he was like, I hate tomatoes. And I'm like, try this tomato. It was summertime. It Mm. was like the tomatoes were so amazing. And then on top of that, we put in all these really fresh ingredients and he like ate the whole plate of tomatoes, you know, so changed his perspective on things Mm -hmm. because we don't typically do that. We just eat what's at the grocery store, you know? Yes. And changing that mindset. So I see that you're passionate about teaching people how to transform fresh quality ingredients into simple, healthy, delicious food like you've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is your favorite way to do this? So yes, from the time I started writing my cookbook to the time I published it, it was about five years. Now I definitely am in a place where I want to teach. Mm. I've been just doing little things, doing cooking demonstrations, showing people how to make the recipes in the cookbook. I love doing cooking classes. We seem to have a growing area around here that are offering those opportunities for people too, which seems like you're getting plugged in in the right places to be able to do that. For sure. And I, and I have a lot of opportunities right now and I have a lot of things coming up and it's all super exciting. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just kind of dipping my toe into a bunch of different things right now and trying to decide, do I want to cook for people on the internet? Do I want to do cooking videos from home? posting those things on Instagram, reaching Mm -hmm. more people, doing it on my own time, or do I want to cook for people in real life? And then it's it's not on your time. It's on someone else's time. And that's hard because, because that takes me away from my family. Right now I'm just trying to figure out what the avenue is going to look like for you. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to figure out, you know, how I'm going to do that especially when it comes to cooking, people are very visual, you know, they read a recipe and they think, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, that's too hard. Yes. That's going to be way too much time. Or I don't have all those ingredients, but when we see people like you that can really simplify it and show how great. Yes. If people can can see it being done, they say, I could do that. Oh yeah. Let me go do that. Totally. And so (laughs) I have a few cooking videos on my Instagram. I have a French onion soup on there. Mm. I have a couple other uh, recipes, but I would post that video on Instagram and then tons of people would make it. Yeah. It's, it's just proof that people need to see it done and then, and then they feel confident enough to do it. So yeah, I really want to inspire people to get back in the kitchen and cook because I was just listening to a masterclass recently by Michael Pollan. He's probably the most well-known food journalist on the planet. He has been writing about food for 20, 30 years. And he said, our young generation, our kids, Mm -hmm. my Sophia, he's five years old, will not be a generation of cooks. They are a generation of pre-cooked packaged food. And nowadays we really don't need to cook. And so this whole like cooking for your friends, cooking for your family, getting together, sitting around a table of beautiful homemade food with a bottle of wine and great friends and great conversation is kind of going away. Oh, which is so sad. Which is really sad to me. And I have not, I mean, I watched this masterclass probably three weeks ago and I have not been able to stop thinking about it because Mm. it really makes me so sad. 
you know, you that, can be a voice to help change that. I you know? really think, yes, that really like lit a fire in me mm. to get in the kitchen, to inspire people to, for themselves to get in the kitchen, to cook for their friends, to cook yeah, for their family, yeah. to sit down, even something simple. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant so elaborate. or yeah. elaborate or hard to keep that, that going. And it's, it's important. It is, it's really important. I agree. So while I do want to introduce you to everyone as amazing chef, you did mention your family and your kids are so super special. Could you just tell us a little bit about Sophia and Elena and maybe how being a mom has changed how you look at food? So Sophia is my firstborn. She's five years old and she is, there is no perfect child, but she is close to perfect. I mean, she is the sweetest. She is such a good girl and, and she eats whatever I make her and she she? loves it. Oh, that's so cool. And she just, she loves to eat and she's just so hilarious. Like, like one of her favorite foods is like tomato salad with fresh basil. And if we don't have basil, she will tell me to go to the store and get basil for her. That's so cool. I love it. She's such a good eater and she will tell me she likes something even when she visually doesn't does not look like she is enjoying what it is that she's eating, but she will be like, yeah, mom, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's one thing that I would say about Sophia is every time I see her, she is smiling. She just seems like such a joyful, happy kid. She is so full of joy. She is like that kid that made me feel like I wanted to have 10 kids. Oh, I love that. And then I had Elena and then that's when I realized that I was done having kids (laughs) because she is my little stinker. She's what they call strong-willed, uh-huh. and if you look up the definition of strong-willed in the dictionary, it says the opposite of compliant, and that's Elena. So it's been a it's been a struggle, but you know I I read all the books, and yeah. so I I just got going with reading books and just trying to figure out her personality type and how to parent her. Things are are so much better, and mm-hmm. and she's four now, so she's kind of grown out of the terrible twos and threes and it's getting a lot easier and it's better. And she's a much pickier eater with kids and cooking and eating. Yes, it has 100% completely changed my cooking life. When Sophia was born, I was like made her own baby food and was doing all the right things. Then your second child comes along and things just change, you know, life just changes. And as they grow, you just get busy you know, keeping it simple, I think is, Mm -hmm. you know, I made this, um, you know, over Christmas, I made this amazing clam sauce with linguine and I made all this seafood shrimp and um, crab cakes and lobster tail and you know all this stuff and did they turn their nose up at it? They, they picked at it (laughs) and they, they were just not, you know, their palates are not sophisticated sure. enough right for you know it doesn't matter how good of a cook you are right so simplifying things for the kids has been like your yes our go-tos they eat a lot of fruit cucumbers and carrots and mm-hmm. ranch and I don't make my own ranch dressing you know and <laughs> um, real life over here one kids, huh? yes you know if I had any advice to give to moms and, and what I know about food and cooking is you know, treat white flour, white sugar, and vegetable oils as like a every once in a while kind of thing. So mm. 
try to focus on, you know, whole grains as much as possible. So instead of white bread, buy whole grain bread. And mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of fruit, a lot of, um, you know. Fresh veggies. And, yes. And, yeah. and butter can be very nourishing and part of a healthy diet. But, you know, spend a dollar or two more and get the grass-fed mm-hmm. butter. You know, so butter and salt on all of those veggies. Kids love butter. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, uh, and eggs, like they like scrambled eggs, you know, I mean, and whole grain toast and, but instead of buying industrial produced eggs, go for pastured eggs. They're a couple dollars more. Yeah. The eggs right now. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but, but it's money well spent, you know, um, I mean, I, that's a good start. At Mm -hmm. least get your dairy, you know, um, organic. organic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And whole, you know, our go-tos, you know, they eat sandwiches and mm-hmm. whole grain pasta and balls and fish and all the good stuff huh? yeah that's you so know. great yeah providing like fresh healthy foods that's so good yeah. uh, so you kind of gave us an idea of different things that you're dipping your toes in in moving forward with where you are in your cooking and everything right now but where would where do you see yourself in five years are you going to have another cookbook? The thought of writing another cookbook is just At this like, phase of life. Oh is... my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because I was so isolated while, while writing it. It was mm. a very lonely time for me. It was very much like at a computer mm-hmm. eight hours a day. Wow. And then yeah. when I had kids, it was, I sacrificed so much to get it done. Yeah. I, I really didn't have much of a of a social life. That's for sure. Um, so, but you know, if I, if there was a publisher that made it worth my time, I would definitely consider it. I can see myself, you know, I have a beautiful home. I really like the idea of having six to eight people come over and cook together Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of like having a cooking party, you know, having a glass of wine, cooking, Teaching how people how to teaching. pair things together. Yes, teaching, teaching them how to cut up these vegetables, teaching them how to cook this rag of lamb. I mean, whatever it is, you know, teaching people how to do it, and then all sitting down together, having this beautiful meal together. Mm, and I love that. like, I could have so many different types of cooking classes. I could have a taste of Italy, a taste of France, a taste of Spain, a taste of Korea. A taste, I could really bring so many different cuisines together to oh, teach so cool okay sign me up yes <laughs> I think I really love that idea yeah. coming up with a really just amazing menu for each different culture sure. and adding I like the idea of adding a lot of value to our community really making something like that accessible to the people yes. of Pensacola and Gulf Breeze bringing people together around a table is definitely something that I can see myself do doing it, you know, as a business I in, in five cool. years or so. I yeah. would love that. I'll be the first to sign up for sure. <laughs> so while you are all of these amazing things, mom, author, chef, wife, neighbor, and friend, you have always been such an encourager to me during this time of me, like feeling like I was flailing in my purpose and my desire to put this podcast out into the world. I'm not sure where I would be without a friend like you. You make people who you are around want to strive to be a better person. I want you to hear that because Mm. you are so incredible 
to include others and to inspire people to seek their passions, just like our neighborhood yoga group. Like, I feel like you kind of gathered us all together and I wouldn't know so many of those amazing fun people without Aww. you. So thank you for that. Yeah. This is not going to be the last time that we visit on here because uh, you have so many aspects of your life that have impacted me. And today was just touching the surface. And I thank Aww. you for that. And lastly, to finish this up today, what is one thing that a person has said or done for you that you believe changed the trajectory of your life? I have so many things. I would say reading the books that I've read, and I don't remember who said it. Okay, I think it was Shalene Johnson. Let me give her credit for this okay. one. <laughs> she said, you do not have to be an expert at something to do something. You have to decide what it is that you want to be an expert at mm -hmm. and then create something. That really just gave me this permission to say, you know what? No, I don't know everything there is to know about California and French cuisine. I don't know everything there is to know about farm to table, but I'm going to learn it and I'm going to put together something really amazing and beautiful mm -hmm. and I'm going to put it out there. And in the process, I will become an expert. Oh, I love that. So I think a lot of people think that they have to be an expert at something in order Before, to like stepping into yes, passion and yes. you don't, you can learn along the way. Totally. Right? I think all the learning is you do most of your learning along the way and creating something, writing a book, create, you know, right. Creating. It's a journey. Yes, it really is. And you have to decide what it is that you want to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, accomplished yes. Of it. Yes. And that, because I would say that's probably with this entire process, you know, like I said, it took me five years to write this book. That was my happiest time when I was just Diving in South in Korea, wow. sitting at my computer for eight hours a day, mm. writing recipes. It brought you joy. It brought, it brought me happiness. so much joy. I was in a state of pure creativity every mm. day. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing experience. And there's an, another quote. This quote is by Robin Roberts. She said, when fear comes a knocking, have faith answer the door. Mm. And I have felt that so many times throughout this process, so much fear, mm. so much fear and for so many different reasons, but just in the back of my mind saying, you know what? I'm going to have faith that it's going to be all right. Right. That and I'm going to figure it that. out. Right. That I will figure it out mm -hmm. one step at a time. I feel like sometimes we have to walk into that to see where that fear is coming from mm -hmm. to be able to get to the other side of it, mm -hmm. to see what that fruit's going to be with taking that next, you know, that next, next right step. Oh, that, that's so awesome. I love it all. Thank you And so find much. you a friend that will encourage you and challenge you like Rena has for me. She asked me the hard questions and they are sometimes not comfortable to think about, but asking yourself those questions and what that next step should be for you to pursue what brings you joy and what makes you happy even in really hard and challenging times so I'm so thankful that you're my friend Aww. and um, I can't wait to have you come back and we can chat some more yes I love you so much and you've done all those things for me oh. times 10 really thank you so much for your friendship and your friendship is, a, is really a true gift. Thank you so much for being in my life. I, I value your presence so much. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you so much for joining us here at Ignite Impact. I hope that you can see that the people that will be on this show have certainly made an impact in my life, and I cannot wait to hear how they are making an impact in your life as well. I hope you have time to join us next time. Until then.